0: I heard your voice, but I didn't want to answer because I was afraid, because I was naked. Amen. I want to answer. Hear my Lord, as Isaiah said, send me. Amen. I want to be somewhere working for the Lord. And that's what Isaiah says. He says, when the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. He said, Above it stood the servants, each having six wings, and with two they covered their face, with two they covered their feet, and with two they did fly, and they cried one to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the cry of them, Amen. And the house was filled with smoke. and, and And then said I, Woe is me! For I am undone, for I am a man of unclean lips, for I dwell in the mix of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the serpents unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the tombs at the altar. And he placed it upon my lips and said, Lo, this has touched your mouth. Your naked is removed and your sins is purged. He says, And then I heard the voice of the Lord saying to me, Who will go for us and whom shall I send? Then said, I hear my Lord, send me. Isaiah 6. Send me, and he says, go and tell these people, hear ye, but understand not, see ye, and perceive not, make their ears heavy, their eyes, make their eyes heavy, their, e- and shut their, make their ears heavy, shut their eyes, lest they, and their hearts fat, lest they see with their eyes, understand with their ears, out of heart, and be converted. And I said, Lord, how long? And he says, until the land be without inhabitants, and the house be without men, and I have moved men far away from it. But they shall be a great forsaken, but there shall be a tenth, and they shall come back, and they shall eat in the land. Amen. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Amen. Is working for the Lord. Amen. Praise God. To the book tonight. Amen. Hebrews chapter 6. Amen. Hebrews chapter 6. Verse 12, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Amen. Be not slothful. Be not lazy. Amen. So, amen. Last month, we was talking about overcoming discontentment. Amen. And I am a firm believer, if you are lazy, you're going to be discontent. Amen. Amen. And so you got to be working. Amen. God did not choose you to sit on the sideline and do nothing. You've got to be involved in the kingdom of God if you want to have joy, if you want to have happiness, if you want to progress in life, you've got to get involved in the kingdom. You've got to be a part of the things that God is asking of us to do. And laziness is not in Christian character. Amen. You are to be diligent. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in a few moments here. Amen. What is laziness? It is the desires to be idle, to do nothing and resist effort. It is a state of passivity and of letting things stay as they are. Hmm. And a man being Christ, he's uh All things are... Amen. are you're going to use these scriptures. You've got to start using them and live it sometime. You just can't quote the Word of God and read the Word of God and don't put it in action. Okay? We are told to be doers of the Word and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. One of the worst persons you can deceive is you. Amen. You, you don't want to do that. Amen. If I say I'm a Christian, I want to know in my heart there's no doubt in my military mind I'm a Christian. Okay? You you want to be what you say you are. Amen? So you've got to get laziness out of your life. Sometimes we enjoy being a little lazy, such as after working hard for seven hours or on a very cold or warm day. But is if this state occurs... Too often, something must be done about it. All right? So there's nothing wrong with every now and then just lounge around a little bit. Matter of fact, Jesus even told his disciples what? Come apart and rest a while. Otherwise, come on, be a little lazy if you want to. Get on a shade tree. Eat a few figs, You know, you know. <laughs> just relax a little bit. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you can't stay that way. Your body needs to have some rest. And we we'll are talk about this is one of the areas we'll talk about later. But your body needs some rest. Your body needs to, you need to get away a little bit sometimes and just to laze around and, you know, but don't stay there, you know, uh, because if the enemy finds you there too long, he's going to take you out, okay? You know, when I was in Vietnam we used to come back out of the field and, you know, for three days at a time, after we'd been out there a couple of months and they bring us back for three days, they'd just let us lay around, sleep all day if you want to. You know, eat as much as you want to, pig out, do whatever you want, go get whatever you want, you know. But after three days, guess what? <laughs> You're going back to the front lines. So, you know, you better get as much rest as you can while you're here, so there's nothing wrong with that. Amen. To carry out our chores, work efficiently, live lives to the fullest, and achieve success, we must learn how to overcome laziness. Lazy, auto-indelence, inactivity, sluggish, apathetic, lethargic, lessness, allogic, torrid, autosis, all that lazy stuff, are just a few of the synonyms that define being lazy. There you go, Jesse. You got a paper over there. You need paper. You got a paper. You don't have a paper. You got a paper, you and your sister. Everybody got a paper. You got your paper. You got, that. You got paper. Anybody want to buy paper? And that's what the kids used to say when you sell papers. Anybody want to buy paper? You only got one sheet. You got last week week's The full lesson last week, right? Yeah, that's... You didn't get paper? You didn't get paper? Man, what's up with that? (laughs) You got to read, man. You got to go to school. You got to learn. right? All right. It's Bible study. You got to learn the scriptures. Amen. You got to bring your Bible to church. You got to learn. Amen. Where was I? Amen. So these synonyms here, look at all those synonyms. Wikipedia state that the word sloth is a translation of the Latin term acidia amen, and means without care. So, wow, without care. So, in other words, you just don't care. But that should not be in the Christian's vocabulary. We do care. Amen. We do care. Amen. Spiritually acedia first refers to an affliction attendant religious person, especially monks wherein they became indifference to their duties and obligations to God. Mentally Assidia has a different has a number of distinct components, components excuse me, of which the most important is affectlessness, a lack of any feeling about self or others. A mind stage that give rise to boredom, rancor, uh, apathy and a passive in- Inert of sluggish meditation. Physically, obsidia is fundamentally associated with an succession of motion and an indifference to work. Mm. <laughs> you got to work, man. You got to work. Amen. Be somewhere working. It's, it's fine as expression in laziness, out in indolence. It is also known as one of the seven deadly Sins. In other words, laziness will kill you. Amen. It will kill you. Amen. So during these lessons, we will search the scripture to see how we can avoid this deadly sin from entering our lives. Amen. What I have found is that people complain about minimum pay, jobs. Well, you will have to ask yourself your question. If you don't want to have a minimum paying job, what are you doing to rise above it? Amen. You have to work to move up. Amen. That's why you have a corporate ladder to climb. You know, I've had people say to me, I don't want to be in charge. Well, then keep making work minimum wages. If you don't want to be the manager, don't expect to get manager pay. <laughs> you know, I would, I would think every Christian and every person would strive to get to the highest level possible. Because if not, you're going to sit back and complain that somebody else is over you all the time. Say, Whereas you can be the one giving the orders. It didn't take me that long to figure that out in the army. You know, why should I be on duty all the time? Why should I have somebody telling me what to do all the time? when I can tell them what to do and put them on duty. That was my mentality. And so immediately I went out to do the things to get promoted, to do things to move up the ladder, to move up the structure as quickly as possible. You know, because I said, man, why should I be out here all standing guard all night when I can be in my bed laying to sleep, you know? And so that's the attitude we've got to look at doing. We're not going to make heaven being lazy. Don't think you're going to sneak in. There's too many scriptures that goes against being laziness. On that paper I gave you, look at, and I've got different translations here, but look at the message. The first one is the message, these ten Bible verses. Look at what the message says. You lazy fool. Notice. (laughs) Look at an ant. Watch it closely. Let it teach you a thing or two. Nobody has to tell it what to do. All summer it stores up food. At harvest it stockpiles provisions. So how long are you going to laze around doing nothing? How long before you get out of bed, a nap here, nap there, a day off here, a day off there, Sit back. Take it easy. Do you, not, do you know what comes next? Just this. You can look forward to a dirty, poor life. Poverty, your permanent house guest. Or you're going to be broke forever. Because it's going to be right there with you. Look at that. So it's telling us, amen, we need to do something about it. Proverbs 12, 24, work hard and become a leader. Be lazy and become a slave. Work hard and become a leader. What's the vision of this church? Anybody? Come on. What's the vision of this church? Huh? To be a church of divine leadership and spiritual growth for all. There's no exceptions. Everybody can be a spiritual leader. Amen. And spiritual growth for everybody. That's the vision. So how do we get there? We have goals set. Read your Bible through. Memorize scriptures. Teach Bible studies. The little goals, and we'll talk a little bit more about this later. But that should be your goal. That should be your desires is to be a leader. Amen. You feel better about yourself when you're leading. This is what God wants us to do. Amen. He don't want you to laze around and do nothing. I'm going off the scene someday. You're going to go off the scene someday. So who's going to carry the work? See, we have to train people to be able to carry on. If you've been in the church over a year and you're not feeling a leadership position, you're lazy. You're lazy because you're not trying to reach the vision. You're not trying to do what God is calling you to do. He wants you to go higher. Amen. You've got to get involved in the things of God. You're not going to sneak into heaven. You know, everybody should be doing something for the kingdom of God. What is the great commission? Go you therefore and... Amen. So, is that just for me? It's for every born-again believer. So God says, go to work. Amen. And look at the early church. After they was filled with the Holy Ghost, what did they do? Acts 8, they went everywhere preaching the Word of God. They got involved. They went to work. Amen. And so this is what we have to do. So, work hard to become a leader. I don't want to be a follower all the time. I don't mind following, you know, but I want to lead. And that should be our goal is to feel some leadership capacity. There's work to be done. Amen. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 9. A lazy person is what? As bad as somebody to destroy things. Think about that. People just go around breaking up stuff like these. Yahoo's in the middle of the street now. Uh, he says, lazy person the same what? He's he's brother to a great waster." Amen. Proverbs thirty-one twenty-seven. Ladies, she carefully watches everything in her house and suffer nothing from laziness. She takes care of her house. Proverbs 31, that's why they say it's for ladies, right? You know, think about it. You have to be diligent in this stuff. Amen. Romans 12, 11, new living translation here. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Amen. Serve Him. Amen. And th- be enthused about serving God. Amen. Aren't you glad? Amen. If, if he saved you, you should be excited to work for him. Amen. You should want to be involved. To tell people what God has done for you. Show forth his praises, his holiness. Show that you've been called out of darkness into the marvelous light. Amen. That's being involved. That's not being lazy. But if you just lay back and laze around and drag the church and get here when you feel like you want to get here, you know, instead of getting here when you should have been here three hours before, you know, make sure everything is in order. You don't want to leadership traces taking the initiative, you know. You've got to build these traits of character in you. Bearing, courage, endurance, enthusiasm, initiative, integrity, decisiveness. you got to grow. Come on, guys, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We've got to grow. What's the, what's the vision? Spiritual growth. See, you're, you, you need to be able to make some good, wise, sound decisions on your own. But if you're lazy and don't read the Word of God... You're going to make wrong decisions. Say, you've got to have wisdom. Get wisdom. And all thy getting, get an understanding. You've got to study. Amen? Ecclesiastics ten eighteen. 18. Oh, oh, my. Think about that. He lives in what kind of shack? Think about that. Amen. But a lazy woman ends up with what? <laughs> it's kind of humorous, isn't it? But that's exactly what happens. Amen. You lazy, your house is going to fall down around you. And if you don't take care of it, it's going to leak. See? It's going to leak. Amen. And we know what happens when things start leaking. Something else gets messed up too. Amen. You have to be aware of these things. Proverbs twenty-one twenty-five. Amen. You're going to ruin. Amen. It'll be no good. Amen. Go to the message. Proverbs twelve twenty-seven. A lazy life is a what? It's an empty life ain't nothing there. Amen. You have nothing to give anybody. You have nothing to offer anybody. You have no wisdom, no knowledge, nothing to to help anybody because you ain't doing nothing. You know? Think about that. It's empty. There's nothing there. You should hide the Word of God in your heart. At least study the Word of God. Put some in you so you can give something, amen, to somebody. You know, you should have a job so you can give to somebody else, help somebody else. Come on, amen. Early to rise gets the job done. Get up, you know. Get the work. Make it happen. Amen. Proverbs 24, 24 New Living Trinity. Those too lazy to plow in the right season will have no food and harvest. You imagine what the farmer would look like if he don't get out there right now? He should probably already have his seed in the ground. Because come October, he ain't going to have nothing if he ain't got his seed in the ground. Laziness will will cause you to be hungry, be without. That's why we see a lot of people on the street. You know, granted some people might fall into bad luck, but the majority of them is because they're lazy. You know, they don't want to get up and go to work, so now they don't have a roof over their head, they don't have a place to stay, and it's your fault. Amen. Amen. Lazy people won't much but get little. But those who work hard will prosper. Amen. And so this is why we must take responsibility. Amen. We must take responsibility to do more. We must take responsibility to grow. We must take responsibility to say, I was here, but I'm going to be there pretty soon. Amen. I'm going to move up the ladder, you know, is what you've got to do. You've got to work. You've got to press, as Paul says, towards the mark of the prize for the high calling of God. Amen. You want to move forward and be able to hear God say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Amen. We have to be diligent. Amen. If you have a diligent attitude, you will rise beyond the par that is set. You won't just sell it for standard. You're going to move higher. Amen. And what you do. Amen. You stop and think about all the professional athletes. You think they got there being lazy? No. They will tell you right up front, I had a strong work ethic. I got up, I exercised, I ran, I did what I needed to do. I, I applied myself, you know, because you don't get to be a professional being lazy. Amen. It is hard work. But the more work you do to get to those places, the rewards are so much better. See? And this is what you want to strive for. The higher you get, and like they say, it's Living for Jesus hard is what? Easy. Living for Jesus easy is hard. And that's why a lot of people struggle, is you're trying to live for Jesus easily instead of living for Him hard. You're, you're not going to ease into heaven, I'm telling you. You know, people talk about the standard of the church. The church don't really have a standard that you, that is high. God's standard is high. You know, if you don't think it, you read that book. He's got some very high standards. You know? How many of you have heard the term, that's good enough for government work? What do you think that came from? Huh? Say what? See, you guys hear that, and you think it means just Get by. That was not the original meaning. The original meaning of that slogan, good enough for government work, came about in World War II because the fact of the matter, the government has such high standards. And so in everything that they did, if you pass the standard, then they would say that's good enough for government work because the standard was so high. See, and they would say that was good enough for government work when they pass. Okay, but now they flipped it around and made it feel like just do enough to get by, sneak by. That's good enough for government work, but that was not the original meaning. See, and that's how it is starting to happen in the church. We're thinking the standard is just just this little bit get by. You know, but no. Your standard should be higher than everyone else's. You should set your own standard so high that nobody should be able to cut it out from under you. Every individual should have, born again believers should have their own personal high standard. Because that book has some very high standards. And if we're lying to God's word. Amen. Think about Hebrews twelve, fourteen, what it says. Follow peace with all men and holiness without shall no man see the Lord. Is that my standard? That's his standard. Think about that. That is a high standard. You know, to treat everybody fairly and equally and everything else. That's a very high standard. You know. You see, we, we get bent out of shape when at the church when somebody says, Okay, don't do this, don't do that, you know. But you can't tell me what to do. Fine. You know. Tell God he can't tell you that what to do. See what he tells you. <laughs> see, so we don't want to be lazy. Amen. When we read this book, believe me, and we become doers of that book, our standard is going to be so high that nobody is going to be able to tell us that we are not right. Amen. And this is why you've got to study. This is why you've got to work. Amen. To become a doer of God's word. Professionalism requires work. That's why Jesus says, Be ye perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. He says, You're not going to get there being lazy. You're not going to get there if you don't open the book and see what he's telling you to do. What does Psalms 1 say? Blessed is the man that sit back and look under the apple tree and do nothing, right? Huh? It's got to be. That's what people do. Right? Right? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Amen. Stand in the way of sinner, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is where? In the law of the Lord. In the law of the Lord. And what does he do? Every afternoon? Day and night. He studies. He hides the word in his heart. Meditate means to hide it in you. Amen. Get it in there. What is goal number two? Remember at least 12 Bible verses a year? Is that too high a standard? No. You should no more than that. Amen. There's certain passages of Scripture that's basic Scriptures of salvation and doctrine. You should be able to just spit it out. If I says Acts 2.38, every one of you should be able to spit it out. If I says Hebrews 12.40, every one of you should be able to just spit it out. If I says John 3.16, even the people in the world know that, and they ain't even saved. <laughs> you must be born again, right? The water, <laughs> of the water and the Spirit. Amen. Come on. The basic stuff, we've got to get into the Word, brothers and sisters. This is what God desires. He don't want us to be saved. Jesus says in John 5, 39, 40, Search the Scripture. For in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. But you won't come to me so that you can have life. See? He come to give you life. But if you don't search the Scripture, you're not going to have it. Because you won't draw to Him. As you study the Word of God, what you're doing, you're drawing to God. You're saying, I want to know more. I want to understand more. I want to be like him. See, and this is what God wants. He don't want you to be lazy. Amen. This is like our school systems today, and I'm not picking on our schools, but we're making people lazy. When I went to school, and maybe some of you went to school, but in North Carolina, if you didn't do your work, you didn't pass. Pass. You got a fail report card saying, you've got to repeat this class grade again. You know? And we did if we needed to. Because those that didn't do the work, those that didn't do their homework, those that didn't turn in their assignments, found themselves repeating the class again. You know? And as a result of that, by the time they graduated, they were some pretty productive citizens. But today, what are we doing? They don't turn in homework. Well, we don't want him to feel bad. We don't want her to feel bad. We just pass them along. They get to high school. Well, we just pass them along. And then they get in the real world, and they don't know what to do. Because we, let, we taught them how to be lazy. Amen. So, but that must not be among us. Amen, amen. When it comes to being a Christian, we must be diligent. Amen. We've got to be diligent. Amen. Diligence means to be consistent and earnest effort to accomplish whatever we set out to do. Amen. Proverbs ten four: the hand of the diligent does what? Make rich. You want to be rich? Amen. Get to work. Amen. You can be rich in the word. You can be rich financially. You can be rich, whatever. If you work, how do you think Donald Trump earned all his billions? You think he sat back and was lazy? No, he worked. You know, think about it. So you have to be diligent. Amen. I Proverbs twelve twenty four. We had this one already. The hands of the diligent bear rule. Amen. You'll be a leader, not a follower. Proverbs 12, 27. The substance of the diligence is precious. Amen. The substance of the diligence is precious. Proverbs 12, 27. Proverbs 13, 4. Proverbs 13, 4. The soul of the diligent shall be made. Act. Amen. It would be prosperous. It'll be have everything it needs. Amen. Think about it. Proverbs twenty one five. The thoughts of the t- diligent tends to plenty. Plenty. You think about it, amen. But notice there, amen. Hasty only to want. Amen. Proverbs 29, twenty nine twenty twenty two twenty nine. What does that say? What? See him working, he's gonna what? Stand before kings, he's not gonna stand before many men. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you stand before the Lord. Amen. So we've got to work. We've got to be diligent in the things that we do. Amen. We are not going to be blessed if we do not work. Jesus says in Matthew 7, not everyone that say to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. He says we have to be the doers of his word if we're going to enter in. And so our eternal salvation is based on diligence and working for the kingdom of God. Amen. And moving forth and pressing towards the mark. Paul says in Philippians 3, 14, I haven't accomplished. I'm not there yet. But what he says, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul says, I'm not there yet, but I can't stop. Amen. I got to keep working. I gotta keep laboring for the Lord so that when he calls me, I will answer. When he calls me, I will hear. When he calls me, I'll be somewhere working for my Lord. Even Jesus tells us in Luke sixteen, eleven, he says, you know, if you're not faithful with that with others, he says, Who's gonna give you what is yours? You know. God's got many Precious promises and things for us. He's got a lot of stuff for us. But if we are not diligently and working to reach those things, we will never get what God has for us. You can't be lazy, you know. And this is what God is trying to show you and I. Amen. Number one on your paper there, we're talking about breaking down tasks into smaller tasks. Amen. Because a lot of times what happens if if we've got great big tasks, we can look at it and the first thing we can say is, that's too much. I can't do it. And as a result, you get lazy. You go, oh, well, I'll just back up and somebody else will do that. You know. But if we break it down in smaller tasks, smaller segments, and then we began to do it a little bit at a time. Pretty soon we will reach the end state that we are trying to get to. When Moses was put in charge, he had all of Israel, millions of people. And so every day Moses would sit and all these people would get in line that had problems and situations and circumstance. And they'd come and tell Moses and he'd tell them what to do. So one day, Moses' father-in-law shows up. He says, hey, son, what are you doing? He says, oh, I'm just, I'm paraphrasing here. He says, you know, I'm just telling people what they need to do. He says, you lost your mind? He said, boy, you're going to kill yourself. He says, you can't do this by yourself. He says, what you need to do is you need to pick you out some leaders and put them over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. And when they have problems, let them deal with it. If it's a great big problem, then they bring it to you. But you sitting here by yourself, doing this all by yourself. He said, you're going to kill yourself. See? And because pretty soon laziness will set in. And this is what happened in Nehemiah. Amen. When you look at Nehemiah chapter 4, when Nehemiah came to the city of Jerusalem, the wall was all burnt down. There was rubbish everywhere. The people was already tired. They was already discouraged. And so what does Nehemiah do? Amen. He had to come up with a plan to encourage them. And so here's this wall. That's a big task around Jerusalem to rebuild this wall. So what Nehemiah did, when you read Nehemiah 4, is he took the people and he put them in different segments along the wall. This is your section. This is your section. This is your section. You know? And so that's how he laid it out. And to encourage them to build, because they was already tired, they said man, all we got here is all this rubbish, you know. Man, we can't build this wall. The enemy's out there tormenting them, saying, man, whatever they build, the foxes run up, it'll knock it down, you know. So don't worry about it. It's not going to last. Don't worry about those guys. So they was constantly tormenting them. So they was discouraged. And so it would have been easy not to work at all. But what Nehemiah did was he placed them in their sectors and said, look, Build it for your families. Think about your children. Read it, okay? He says, think about your sons. Think about your daughters. Think about your wives. And then think about your family that's, that's coming behind you for their protection. And your brothers that's next to you. He says, think about them. He says, so build for them. And he inspired them by that way. And as a result of that, they build. They build. They build. And by the time you get to the 8th chapter, they have the wall build. When When they started, they wanted to quit because all they saw was rubbish. They saw nothing could be done out of that. But through the inspiration of Nehemiah and the directions from God, Even God revealed the enemy's plan to them. Nehemiah told them that God has already revealed to the plan of what the enemy is going to do. And God was fighting with them. So they was encouraged to build their sectors of the wall for their families. And that's what has to happen in the church. We have to build for your children. You have to build for your wives and your husbands and your brothers and sisters. You want to labor in this thing. You want to build the wall for others that's coming on behind you. Amen. You never know who's going to show up here. You know, you've got to build the wall for the protection. Of our families and our loved ones, and for one another. This is why we labor together. This is why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3 we are laborers together with Christ. We are God's husbandmen. Amen. We are working with Him. We can't be lazy because if you lay down and quit, then somebody else is going to help to pick up your responsibilities. Amen. And that means you don't care about your own family. You don't care about your own brothers and sisters. So you want to labor together with Christ. So this is what we do is we break up stuff in little segments and we do it. That's why we have a vision for the church. A vision is to be 10 to 15 years down the road. Amen. But the goals are continually, daily. You're working those goals constantly. So that when you get to ten and fifteen years, you may be a pastor, you may be in a woman evangelist someday. You don't know what God is going to do. You know, uh, you 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 know, you could be a Caleb at eighty-five and says, "Man, where's my mountain?" You know, you never know what God is going to do in your ministry and your life. I know the thoughts I have towards you, saith the Lord. You know, we might think I'm getting too old. We might think I can't do anything. But you stop and think, Jesse, David, they say, was probably 13 or 14 years old when he was anointed to be king of Israel. You know, you never know. You know, you got the Holy Ghost, so you already been anointed. You know, so now is just God's timing for your God's life to be able to put you into that place that he wants you to do. You know, you have to learn. You got to work. You got to study and grow So, because you don't know what God is going to do with you. Amen. Don't give up. You've still got to keep working because you never know at what juncture that God is going to use you. Yeah. Amen. So don't don't quit. So, so just say, hey, I'm a bill now for my family. I'm going to labor now for my family. I'm going to I'm going to get as much word in me. I'm going to teach my family, you know, the word of God. I'm going to hide the word. I'm going to teach the value and the importance of the church. Amen. I'm going to do everything I can for my family, for my brothers, for my sisters. Amen. And you watch, the more you labor for God, the more God is going to pour into you. Amen. That's what he does because to whom much is re- required, they, I mean little is <laughs> Given, much is given, much is required. Thank you, brother. Amen. But, so this is what we want to do. And this is what God is desiring of you and I, is to labor and to work. Amen. So Nehemiah says, come on, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's build the wall. Let's get the rubbish out of the way. Let's get the junk that's hindering you. Whatever is inside of you that's stopping you from becoming a sold-out, dedicated child of God, get it out of you. When you go to the altar, when you pray, says, this has got to get out of my life. I'm not going to allow anything else to hinder me from laboring in the vineyard for Christ. I'm going to do everything I can for God, because I never know when I may have to take the leadership rings and be ready for the kingdom of God. Amen. And this is what God wants you and I to do, is to work and to labor. Be not slothful in business, Paul says, but diligent, enthusiastic, enthused, be enthused, amen, about the work of the Lord. Amen. Um, get excited. You remember when you first got saved, how excited you was? Amen. amen. That should be a constantly given. You know, you should be happy all the time. Did you know that? The Bible says happy is him that have the God of Jacob, of their God. Amen. If you know Jesus, then you're supposed to be happy. Happy, 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 happy in Jesus Christ. Right? Amen. Paul says, I think myself happy. Yeah. Amen. So you've got to labor. If you don't labor, you're not going to be happy. Amen. Think about it. Just like we was talking last month. When you go to your job, you should make it the best. You should be working diligently. Your boss should be saying great things about you. When I was in the army, I used to tell the guys was was under my leadership and in the church. I said, Man, if you ever come before me for an Article fifteen for doing wrong, I'm gonna hang you. You know? Because you're a Christian, you're supposed to be diligently working as hard as you can. You're supposed to be the best on the scene. Amen. You're not supposed to be lazy. You're not supposed to be slothful. You're supposed to be doing the best because you're representing Christ. What does the Bible say? Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. So you should be the best at everything you're doing because you're not lazy. You're getting up. You're getting your rest. You're getting your sleep. Amen. You're studying the Word of God. You're hiding the Word of God in your your heart. Amen. If, If throughout the whole week you just remember one scripture, and you can just quote it, and you know where it is, and you can do it, you're growing. You're growing because my Word will not return void. It will accomplish that which I sent it to accomplish, the Lord says. Amen. So this is what God wants. We don't want to be lazy. We want to be smart. Amen. And work hard. So based right now, if I was to ask you, based on 1 to 10, 10 would get you through the gates of heaven because you've been diligent and serving God with all your heart and working as hard as you can for the kingdom. Would you get in or would you have to go back to work? Would you walk through the door? 10, you've got to have a 10 to get through the door. Would you be able to walk right through the door in the heaven because you've been diligent? You've been working your little hearts out. You've been laboring as hard as you can for the kingdom. Or would you have to go back to the field and go to work again? <laughs> Brother Richard said he'd be holding the door open. Praise God. That's my job. <laughs> you, should, you should see people when I tell them that, when I open the door for them. They look at me. They say, thank you. I said no, I'm just getting in practice for heaven. You know? amen i'm taking peter's place (laughs) amen praise god but we got to be diligent we've got to be excited about laboring for god amen praise god we're pressing towards the mark you know people learn to work you know and We have to learn at the earliest stage. And I'm going to finish it with this. But me and my wife, we was talking about devotions the other day. And we was doing our devotion, you know, morning devotion together. And I looked at it and I said, you know what? I said, when we were kids, because I was putting this lesson together, you know. And I says, you know, when we were kids, we lived in the country. And the things my parents did, they made us work. I didn't get an allowance. There was no such thing when I was a kid. You want extra money? You go work and you earn it. You go pick up some corn that that the that the that, 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 uh, they left when they turned the corners. You see, old days they 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 practiced biblical principles because when you read the Old Testament, the farmers was to leave the corners of the fields, and so we would go out in those corners of the fields and pick that corn or pick that grain or whatever they had left, and we could take it to the market and sell it. You know. And they, they didn't care. They was following biblical principles. Probably didn't know why they was doing it, but they did. All farmers did. You know. But we had to work. You know, you go to the store today, you buy, you know, a pint of strawberries or blueberries, you pay about five, six bucks sometime for it. You know, I used to pick strawberries, twelve pints, in a crate about this size, and I only got fifty cents. For, for, for those blueberries. I picked strawberries. I picked cucumbers. And you know, I picked tobacco. I picked corn. Because we had to work. You know. And they, they did not let us be lazy around the house. We had to clean our room. We had to fix our bed when we got up. You did not leave the house and your bed was not made. You fixed that bed when you, before you left that, that room. You know, you made sure it was, you swept the floor. You know, Maggie, guess what? My parents had made a broom, called a straw broom, out of sticks off the tree. And you know what we did with it? Swept the yard. Guess what the yard is made of? Dirt. Because they like say we may get some guests. So here you are out there with an old stick broom, sweeping the front yard of the house, getting all the chicken manure away, getting all, you know, the dog whatever away. You know, the the, the apple pillings and the and the orange pillings that we threw on the ground, you know, cigarette butts where people may came by. You had to sweep all that stuff about the yard and get it in case somebody came. That was work. Slop the hogs. God forbid you forget to slop the hogs. You know, or feed the mule. You know, you had to, we had to labor. We'd go to church on Sunday morning. Amen. Come home, change clothes, go to the barn, get the tobacco out of the barn so we could put new tobacco in on Monday. You know, and so... It was constantly working all the time. My parents did not let us be lazy one bit. We missed a Sunday school bus. You know what our dad would say? You're going to walk. And you better be there when I get there. Huh? And, and today, all my siblings are retired from their jobs. Some of them two times over. You know, And my dad did not have one ounce of education. He couldn't even sign his name. He put an X on the paper. But he made us labor. He made us work. Amen. He made us get out there and earn our way. Amen. And we must labor how much more for the kingdom of God. Amen. There should be no idleness. There should be no laziness in the kingdom of God. Amen. Every born-again believer, you should know this book. You should purpose, I'm going to learn this book. Amen. I want to know what God wants of me. Search the scripture. Dig in there. If I have not seen and ear have not heard the things which God has prepared for them, don't you think we should get in there and find it? Amen. Search it. Amen. So we're we going to be talking this, this month about, you know, not being lazy. Amen. And so purpose in your heart. I'm going to be diligent over every area. I'm going to take the initiative to make sure my house is clean. The church house is clean. Everything that I got is placing in my responsibility and over me. I'm going to make it the best that I can. I'm not going to be slothful. I'm going to be diligent in the things i of God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Good stuff. Okay. Any questions? <laughs> All right. Good. <laughs> if you do, write them down and bring them next week and we'll be ready. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And don't forget Sunday. Men grow this Saturday morning. Guys grow this Saturday morning. Eight o'clock prayer. Nine o'clock. Grow. Grow, 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 grow. Amen. And then... Uh, I think you got, huh? Vote by Sunday for the best mother. Amen. Praise by faith. Amen. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> and pearl girls. Okay. RSVP. Okay. Good stuff. All right. Good stuff. All right. So church Sunday, nine o'clock prayer. Bet you get here seven o'clock this week. <laughs> You won't be lazy no more. (laughs) Praise God. Amen. Father, we exalt you again tonight, Lord. We love you. We thank you so much for your kindness, God, your goodness and mercy, Lord, and all that you do for us, God. You are so wonderful, and we thank you continually over afresh and anew. In this name, we pray your name, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Great one another, labor for the Lord.